0: it 's great to be together and uh, to kind of uh, share this morning we 're uh, on this series maximize your life and um, uh, last week we talked a little bit about the the, the issue of connection being connected to uh, to God, uh, how uh, everything flows out of that, that if we lose our connection to God, then actually life becomes difficult as followers of Christ, you know Jesus called us to follow Him, to walk closely with Him, to keep in step with His spirit, and we just talked a little bit about what that meant for us and, and how uh, we had to be careful about uh, our thinking. We kept our thinking uh, not in the pattern of this world but in, in a kingdom world, and we had to get our perspective right, and uh, I talked about the backdrop what 's the backdrop of your life how, how are you living for God? God. And today I want to continue really in Romans 12 and really talk about what it means to grow together, being together. And it was so lovely that, you know, we asked uh, people just to come and share really about their journey in the life of the church, because uh, church is something which uh, we, we have to understand. We're part of a family. We're part of a community of God's people, and we're joined to it. It's part of who we are, and uh, it, it's an important part of who we are. And it, 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 how, we, how we treat being together as God's people does affect how we live as disciples of Christ. And uh, we, we need to just talk about that and recognize that because we live in a very individualistic society. We live in a, in a, in a culture that, that values, above all things, independence. And... Uh, uh, and we need to recognize that those traits can become easily part of our nature, our independent spirit. And the Bible's called us to be interdependent. We're going to read about that in just a moment. To, to, to rely on one another, to share on one another, not not to be dependent necessarily, but interdependent, to, to enjoy that relationship and make the most out of it and, and share it. And so I want to read a few verses from Romans chapter 12, we were were last week, um, starting verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but think of yourself uh, rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you there's a great verse there isn't there I'm not going to speak on this verse today but it's just a great warning to us do not think of yourself more highly than you ought see in an individualistic society people think of themselves too highly that that it's all about them that it's all about what they can do it's all about what they can achieve and they can you know and the lie and it is a lie that our world has sold us today is that you can do it all That whatever you want to put your hand to, you can make it happen. Friends, that's a lie. The Bible says, who of you by worrying can add a day to your life? Friends, you can't add a day to your life. Do you know that? Hey, friends, we don't like that kind of language. But truthfully, if we surrender everything to God and if we acknowledge Him as the Creator, we have to recognize that every day we have is a gift from Him. We're not just just living by chance here. But actually, we're we're there. And so we need to recognize, don't think of ourselves more highly than you ought, but rather in sober judgment. In other words, realistically assess what what God's given you. That's part of being together in the body of Christ. You see, because if you think of yourself highly, then you don't think of yourself as needing people. But we all do. And sometimes you just think, oh, it doesn't matter. So, so what that means is uh, we, we don't invest. We, don't, we, we change our attitudes towards people. We change our attitudes towards how we engage and what we do and our priorities, and they become self-seeking. But actually, if we would just assess ourselves with sober judgment, we'd realize that actually we lack some stuff and we need other people to help us. Amen? <laughs> so we need to just be honest with that and Paul him straight into that okay for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function so in Christ we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others wow that's a that's a strong verse isn't it see it's a wonderful thing to belong to the body of Christ but it also is a difficult thing at times we belong to one another turn to the person next to you and say you belong to me (laughs) I was going to say turn and say I belong to you but you know I thought I might freak you out entirely (laughs) see when we're part of the body of Christ we belong to one another when we share together there is something that goes on between us and there is a a change in our lives There's a change in our world. Christianity is not a solo sport. It is a team game. Christianity is not something that we can just do on our own. Now, I know somebody's going to tell me, listen, there are brothers and sisters today who are living in isolation on their own and who follow Jesus. Yes, of course there are. But that wasn't God's plan. And we need to recognize that we need one another, that we grow better together in Christ. We belong to one another. When you became a Christian, you did not simply start an individual experience. Rather, you were joined together with Christ and his body. You became part of the church. You might not even have known it at that time. You became part of the body of Christ. You were joined to him. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body by Jesus Christ. Of course, you have to take responsibility for following Jesus. Others can't do that for you. But friends, they help you when you're in trouble. You know, it's amazing to me, you know, I can visit people and visit people and visit people, but they still don't want to come and they still don't want to follow. I can't force them to come, can I? Can't turn up on a Sunday morning with two big burly blokes, you're coming today. I mean, I could do that, but it's not going to really bring them into the bosom of the fellowship we we got to, people have got to, but as soon as you decide, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus, you become part of the fellowship and you therefore contribute to the life of the fellowship and uh, develop an interdependence. Paul goes into it in great detail in 1 Corinthians 12 when he talks about the body. He says we're all part of it. He says we're all different and yet we're joined together. He says we need each other to function properly. He says that uh, uh, the weaker parts are protected by the stronger parts of the body. He says the less presentable parts are covered over. Hallelujah. He says that we look after one another. We care for one another. That's the whole point of being in the body. God has made us his people, not just his individuals. It doesn't say you are a holy individual. It says you are a holy nation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy people, a people belonging to God. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And so I want you to understand, friends, that, that following Jesus, maximizing your life, involves together. It involves sharing your life. It involves learning to grow together. It involves learning to uh, work through what that means. And that's a challenge today in today's society because the truth is, hey, friends, life is tough, isn't it? There are many demands in our time. There are many things that we give ourselves to. And the truth is, somewhere along the line, we have to honestly think, okay, how much am I involved in being together with the body of Christ? How much life am I giving to the body? And how much strength can I draw from the body? And it's important because otherwise what happens is we end up giving no strength to the body and we end up feeling weak because we're so disconnected from it. And it's hard because, uh, because actually we, we get so distracted by things. I grew up in a church culture where I was in church four times on Sunday. Nine o'clock Bible study, 11 o'clock service, three o'clock Sunday school, seven o'clock evening service in the summer, 8.30 open air. Man, if we could be there, we were there, man. Monday, campaigners. Tuesday, prayer meeting. Wednesday, youth group. Thursday was Bible study. Friday was something. It was a bit too much. But you know what? There was a joy about it. There was an innocence about being together as the people of God. There was a delight in it because actually it was good. There was a community there. You grew up in it. It became, ob- it became a place of refuge for you. It became a place of life for you. It became a place of social life for you. you know, and yeah, maybe it was a bit too much, but friends, you know, sometimes we swing the pendulum and we go right to the other extreme. We managed to be in church. The average attender in church now was there once a fortnight in our country. The average committed member of church once a fortnight. Well, none of us here, of course. But, but the challenge for us is to recognize why is that? It's because the culture of a society has made us more independent than ever. And has made us busier than ever, and our priorities change. Now, I'm not being a prophet of doom this morning, but I just think that actually when you looked at this love fest that took place on the stage this morning, <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. Actually, what has kept those kind of relationships, friends, is being together. And there are so many people in our society, and even in our church, we feel isolated and disconnected, but actually the key thing that isn't rare is being together with the God, God's people. And I want you to think about that as we start this morning looking at this Word of God. What is it about your life? Are you growing together with other believers? Are you functioning as part of the body or have you separated yourself in your life? See, the Bible says the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or the foot can't say to the knee, I don't need you. We need one another in life if we're going to be... And, and, you know, the truth is to do that, there has to be an interaction in that. There has to be a togetherness that... um, Uh, that helps us. We used to show that old video of the father pushing his son uh, the marathons, remember it, across across, um, America. He pushed him the whole way across America. And and the the tagline was this, together is powerful. Don't run alone. So together is a big thing for us today. How do we get that? And I just want to try and bring a few points out of it for us today, Uh, if we're going to maximize our life of being together. The first one is this, together gives us identity. It gives us identity. I've got a sporting theme on my things this morning, you know, because I particularly am sporty. I thought I'd reflect that. <laughs> you see, it, see, the truth is it's being together that gives the church its identity in the world. You know, we are scattered and we are gathered. You know, that's the nature of being the church. So we come together at different times for different reasons and we, we go. But actually it's being together that gives us our identity. It's not necessarily the building, but it's what we do together. We're laughing at the minute because um, all of a sudden people in the, in the city are just connecting the Hope Center with the church. Isn't that amazing? And they're going, you mean the Hope Center's something to do with church? They're going, yeah. Wow. They didn't realize They thought it was just something. But actually, all of a sudden, they're realizing it's the church. The church is an action. Why? Because together, we have an identity within the world around us. And God's called us to be the body of Christ. That's when we come together. In him, we find our identity as the people of God. It's in him. You know, it's an amazing study to do for yourselves is look at the scriptures in the New Testament that talk about what we are in him. In him, we are saved. In him, we are redeemed. In him, we are forgiven. In him, we are called. In him, we are pulled together as the body. It's our identity is wrapped up in him. And so therefore, we need to recognize that it's together that, our, uh, that brings our identity into the world. Acts two forty six. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Wow, what was it? It was that they were seen to be together as God's people. I want you to know. I want you to think about that. What does it mean to be together as God's people in your life? You know, I, I. <laughs> I think sometimes, often, we we try and tell people what it should mean, and I don't think we should tell people what it means. I think you need to decide what it means for you. How do you invest your life in being together? Now, many of us do. We've talked about it, but, but what I'm trying to say to people today, and I'm not trying to make people feel bad. I'm just trying to say to you, if you're going to maximize your life as a follower of Christ, actually, you need to make sure you're growing together with somebody. I was reading a great book the other day, and it just talked about four spaces of life that we need to grow. Firstly, as a public space that we all learn in public, that's what's happening today. You're among over 20 people, over 30 people, there's a crowd, you learn something, whether it's a concert or a school classroom or a talk or something, it's, it's a space where we learn and we grow. We need that interaction within that context. Secondly, it talks about social space, a space where actually there's, um, you know, between five and 20 people. It's, it's a group of friends, you do stuff together, you play football together, you go for a walk, you go go for a meal, you go to the cinema, you chat, you, you just hang out together, it's, it's that group of places, it's social. And then at third it talks about personal, that we all need three or four people who, who are in our lives and who they're building close friendships with, who help us and talk to us and who we share with and who we give something to. And then we have intimate friends, just one person at a time. People who are really special to us. Could be our husband or wives or a friend. But they're people who make the difference. And his point was actually we need all these levels of interaction to be healthy. And I want to say to you, some of us live without all those levels of interaction. And, you know, we, it, we, we just make it sound just, well it's just me and God. Now listen, this times it just has to be you and God. But actually together it's about having people to do the journey with. Not to walk alone. I want you to think about how you—you see—it's all about chanting. You see, see what happens. I've been a pastor 25 years. I can't tell you the number of people who would be here today if they'd taken being together seriously. But for whatever reason, they—they they felt isolated. Something happened. They got hurt and they began to disconnect. Something happened. They felt that nobody understood them, and they began to withdraw. Something happened, and they got busy and decided that they couldn't make the effort it was going to take to be part of the body of Christ, and so they just disconnected, and before long, it became a chore to them, and then they get embarrassed. Have you ever found yourself, you've been away from church so long, you're a bit embarrassed to go back? Man, I wish I could get to that stage. No, no, no. (laughs) All of a sudden, you you know, you've not been there, and then you meet someone in the supermarket, and it's a bit awkward, because you know you you haven't been there, and they know you haven't been there, and they kind of, and you're feeling bad about it. Friends, we disconnect ourselves, and all of a sudden, somebody who would just be, oh, hi, are you? All of a sudden, we get a bit conscious. Why? Because we're not committed to being together with the people of God. And there's always reasons why that happens, but friends, none of them are so important that you should disconnect yourself from the body. And all of a sudden, why? Because together we have an identity in the world. Together we have an identity as ourselves because we're the people of God. I love it in the book of Acts chapter 11. It says the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And I just think that's a lovely little statement that something about the church at Antioch made everybody think of Jesus because they saw them together and they saw how they behaved and they saw how they acted and they saw what they did. And they said, those people are like this Christ we're hearing of. Why? Because their identity together presented Jesus to the world. See, identity brings responsibility and an opportunity. When you, when you join a club or a team or a society, there, there's a responsibility to it, isn't there? You know, when you join a choir, people expect you to turn up. When you join something, people expect you to be involved. It's amazing to me how many people want to be part of the church, but actually don't just want to turn up when it suits them. Actually, sometimes you have to say, well, you know what? I'm part of this body. I need to be part of it, whether I feel like it or not. Hello. In Slimming World, uh, every Thursday, over the, over the road, people turn up, whether they feel like it or not. I'm not one of them. I charge them for the privilege. That's my job. You know I mean? But I've been there on a Wednesday evening with all these skinny people who are at this living club. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but it's, it's part of it. You've got to be there. If you're going to be a part of it, you need to be there. Otherwise, and it brings an opportunity to do something, but it also brings a responsibility. Hey, that's what it means to be in the body of Christ. It's what it means to have that identity. It means that actually there's that responsibility as well. The Bible says we are new creations in Christ. We have a new identity as God's people. And to make the most of that, then actually we need to be together. Secondly, we need to recognize that together provides strength. I love this next picture. woo <laughs> Together provides strength. You know, on your own... There's only so much you can do, but together you can endure more. Together you can achieve more. Together you can work for what God wants you to do. The Bible says this, Ephesians 4, 16, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Friends, we're stronger together. We achieve more together. In other words, we're able to help. And, and, you know, the truth is um, we, we love to, you know, be strong on our own, you know, I love to think, you know, hey, I'm strong enough, I can take the pressure, but I don't know about you, but I've got some people I ring when the pressure gets too much, how about you, and I go, I'm having a rubbish day, give me one reason why I shouldn't quit now, that's just at slimming World, friends, never mind anything else, <laughs> come on, are you the same, we need that, you see, together I'm stronger, I used to go with Russ, Kath's brother, didn't we? And Kath, we used to go stand together and take off every piece of clothing we could before we got on the scales. (laughs) Evidently, you're not allowed to wear your pants on the scales. It's just terrible, don't you? Together, we are stronger. I want you to know, friends, that we need one another to to be the people that God's called us to be. See, it's the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. You see, here's the truth, and John said it about this idea of a chain. You see, you might only know the links next to you, but the links next to you mean the links at the other end of the chain function properly. And this picture of the body is so strong. Friends, you have to have the ligaments around you. You have to have the support that enables you to do what God has. And the truth is, you also have to be the support to others. That's how the church works. But it doesn't work if we're not together. Listen, if we take a you know, you, you, you ever watch um, Toy Story? I was thinking about it this morning. I had profound thoughts. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, you all know it. And, you know, it starts off, and his ears are under the bed, and his hands are over there, and his nose is there, and his eyes are spread. Mr. Potato Head cannot function unless he's put together. Friends, the church is just like Mr. Potato Head. Come on, it's profound truth this morning. Some people call it the Bride of Christ. I say Mr. Potato Head. What happens is the the ears come off, and they remove themselves, and all of a sudden, the prophetic voice is gone. What happens is the mouth gets detached and all of a sudden the proclamation of truth goes. What happens is the arms disappear and all of a sudden the ability to reach out and touch the world around you goes. All of a sudden the feet go and all of a sudden the message of life disappears because people aren't running with the word of truth. Why? Because the church is Mr. Potato Head and it needs to be together to have effectiveness. Some of you need to tweet that right now. Do you know what I mean? We're going to be getting people rushing to get that profoundness. But friends, it's an incredible picture of what the church is. And we all know how easily Mr. Potato Head comes apart. Because if you've ever had kids, you've gone to that drawer and pulled them out, and all you've got is this round potato shape with nothing left. And friends, I'm saying to you, it's a simple picture, but today, many of us want the church to function without the arms and the legs and the ears and the mouth and the nose. Because we've removed ourselves. And the strength of the church becomes diminished. It's not that it'll be overwhelmed, friends, of course it won't. The strength of the church comes from the Lord. How many of you know the Lord is stronger on his worst day than we are on our best? So the Lord is with us and we are strong, but friends, the the effectiveness of the church is diminished because it becomes weaker. You see, strength isn't just a, a physical thing, it's also a spiritual one. The Bible says in Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commands his blessing. Where? Where the people are together. That's why there's blessing uh, when there's unity in the body of Christ. I I don't mean we all have to be the same. If you were to go around the churches of our our city today, you'd realize how different we all are. We're all different. We all like to do different things, dress differently, be differently. But actually, the unity of the Spirit is with us. But we need one another because together we are stronger. It's vital for us to understand that going it alone as a Christian is not the way we're going to stay strong. And it's not the way the church is going to be strong. Each supporting ligament does its work. It says about the church in Acts 2, they've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. In other words, they connected themselves to the people of God. They connected themselves to to the prayer of the saints, They connected themselves to breaking of bread. They connected themselves to fellowshipping. There's always going to be instances when you can't connect yourself, when you're busy, when you have to do things. Friends, I'm not not having a go about those. I'm saying, do you take the opportunities to connect? Do you take the opportunities to share? Do you take the opportunities to give? Do you take the opportunities to be involved? Because that's how you stay strong. The writer of Ecclesiastes says this, two are better than one. He's not having a go at single life, by the way. He's just saying that in this world, two are better than one. That you can achieve more together, that you can comfort and protect one another, that you can reach and defend one another when you're together with someone, that when you're on your own, it's much harder to do that. It's much harder to, uh, to look after and, and care for one another. Isn't it interesting to know that Jesus sent the disciples out two by two? Why is that? Because anybody on his own gets overwhelmed. You ever find yourself on your own? Do you have dark days when you're on your own? I'm quite a positive person, do you know what I mean? I, I usually can snap out of it. But sometimes I end up in kind of a miserable city. It's just over there by Chad, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and you just stand up just like, oh, well, you know. Why? Because you need someone else. You need someone else to pull it out. Jesus sent them out because actually even the apostles could get miserable on their own read Paul, he says, I'm the only one left. Everybody else has deserted me. How many of you know Paul was having a bad day? And it's almost as if he's saying, I just need somebody to be here with me. Somebody who can just smile at me when I'm crying. We all need that, don't we? We're stronger together. And so we need to give ourselves to that. Thirdly, together increases our potential it says in acts 2 44 all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who would need uh, together multiplies the resources of god's people i think this is an amazing verse we see this insight into the early church that actually they came together and the the, the potential increased because they were together how many of you know that god can do more through all of us than he can just through one see the trouble is we all want superhero christianity we want somebody to come in to be the anointed man of God who, who achieves everything. How many of you know I've been here 15 years? It hasn't happened yet. But together, we can do all kinds of things. You know, uh, when you look back over the church 60 years, uh, it's been here 60 odd years. Together, we've achieved this. Together, we've built the Hope Center. Together, we feed the poor. Together, we've planted churches out. Together, we can do all this on our own, friends. We couldn't do it. But being together multiplies the potential of the people of God. I love it when uh, you read the account of the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis. And all of a sudden, um, it says that the, the tower was built so high, the Lord says, let's go down and confuse them. Otherwise, they're going to build it right into the heavens. Wow. wonder has he been to Kuala Lumpur and seen those big buildings and had a look. And so it says he came down. Why? It says the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if it's one people, this is the amazing thing, if it's one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Wow. Why? Because when there's togetherness, when you speak the same language and you come together, you can achieve more. You can multiply what you're going to do. And, and that's the work of the church is to say, hey, what are we going to do together? It's not just, you know, um, uh, I don't know about you, but I, 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 every week I look in at Dom and uh, I look at the church that's growing there and I see all these hundreds of young people in this cinema in Germany and I think, we did that. Most of us will never see it, but we've done it. Together, we release the potential of the kingdom of God. And we know that, don't we? Because on our own, even the best of us... <laughs> runs out of steam and energy and vision and ability but together we multiply it and we we, we share and enable one another this uh, anthropologist margaret mead in the 20th century said there's never doubt that a small group of thoughtful committed citizens can change the world indeed it's the only thing that ever has think about the disciples in the upper room waiting for Jesus, and the breath of God comes on them, and before they know it, they're preaching in the open air, and they're scattered around uh, uh, the, the Roman Empire proclaiming the church. Why? All of a sudden, the potential of togetherness comes upon them, and they do what God's called them to do. Together brings purpose. Ephesians 3 verse 10 says this, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus. Together through the church, the wisdom of God should be seen. Together brings purpose. You know, we need to remember that. We're here not just for ourselves. You know, we're not here just to follow Jesus. We're here to follow Jesus and to fulfill his purpose for our lives. The two things go together. You know, sometimes we, if we're not careful, we can just make it about me and about reaching home. You know, we've sung these great songs this morning about uh, eternity, about coming into eternity. Friends, but the issue is not, will I reach eternity? Friends, because we will. The issue is, will I do on earth what Jesus has given me to do? And it's together that you keep that identity. See, it's much more difficult on your own. It's not impossible, friends. I'm not going to say that. But actually, together, it keeps you focused on what God's called you to do. And when you lose that sense of focus, then everything, you know, back to that verse we all know so well, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. When you lose the sense of being together, the purpose becomes less important. When, when it becomes about what you're doing and about what you have and what you, you can manage to get out of this relationship with God, the purpose gets diminished. And it comes from the sense of, you know what, I'm not carrying the purposes of God. Why? Because I haven't been together seeking God. It's one of the big challenges to our day and age, to the church in our day and age, is will we allow the community of God's people to set the focus for how we live? To recognize that God is calling us to serve his kingdom. To recognize that God is working in us and through us. That's why Jesus gave the church apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Why? So that we could do the work, no friends, so that we could equip the church for the work of service. So that we could remind us as we gather together that actually the mission of the church is the most important thing. That actually we're here to hold out life to the world around us. Jesus showed us this, Mark 1. It says, uh, after he's speaking, he says to his disciples, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee preaching and driving out demons even jesus had a sense of this is what i'm about and he said come on let's go and do this together and uh i I just want to encourage you today just to think about it that's the power of it together brings identity we are the people of god we belong to one another and and without that you know the world needs to see the church identified as the church remember there used to be that um old uh, poster wasn't it that said uh, if you were on trial for being a christian would there be enough evidence to condemn you <laughs> another one of those cheerful posters i always thought Do you know what, I mean? what i'm saying is hey you need to be identified as the people of god that's what from being together is and and sometimes that's hard because you know relationships are tricky does anybody else find relationships tricky sometimes i think i'm doing the right thing and i'm doing the wrong thing sometimes i'm doing the wrong thing and i'm still doing the wrong thing <laughs> I have to work hard at doing the right thing. Why? Because it keeps us in unity with people and we have to value that unity. See, sometimes when it's all about us, we stop valuing unity and we disconnect. And you'll know people who've disconnected from church because something happened and they let go of the call of God to be the people of God. God's calling us to walk together. It brings us our identity. Together provides strength. Can I say... Who are you supporting? You know, here's the truth when you support someone, you'll find that you are supported. See, there's this thing in us that we always want everybody to act first. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed you walk down the street and you always want the other person to smile until you smile? Don't we look serious walking down the street and all of a sudden you find somebody go, Morning? And you go, Morning. How about if we said at the beginning of the day go, oh, I'm gonna smile at people. Morning morning, morning, will someone talk to me? (laughs) But it's an attitude, isn't it? Why? You see, the Bible doesn't say, wait for people to include you, and then you include them. The Bible says, include people. And as you sow that, you will reap it into your life. See, very often what we do is we wait for the sowing to happen for us. Actually, we need to sow, and then we reap. And so that's part of the deal, isn't it? If we're going to be together, if we're going to be stronger, you need to recognize that your strength doesn't come from you. It comes from the people around you. And as you sow strength to them, you reap strength back into your own life. Together increases the potential. Two really are better than one. And as each part does its work, then the church is able to do what's called to do in our world today. Together gives purpose. I put down here, the church has a mission, not just a ministry. Now sometimes we think, you know, it's all about the ministry that God's given us. It's all about the ministry. Friends, we need to have a mission. God's called us to proclaim hope to people who've lost it. God's called us to proclaim the truth of why Jesus died. We need to own that as our mission and say, you know what, Lord, I'm committed to your word and to your work in my life. Maximizing your life means growing together, and that is a challenge. It's a challenge to value one another as we should. Some of us are going to have to look at our lives and say, you know what, My, I don't value the church at the minute. I really don't. Sundays are a highlight, but you see life groups or connecting with one another, I don't really care whether you do it through the structure or not, but friends, you need to make sure you do it because your strength comes from growing with others. The challenge to build supportive relationships that are based on love and generosity is a challenge to take seriously the mission of the church. Church has a ministry, but it also has a mission. Let's grow together, church. Let's be the body of Christ. Let's recognize, you know, we started again. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't think that you don't need the body, friends, because you do. You might not need it today. You might feel pretty independent today, but there'll come a day. So you need to value the body. You need to think about it and say, you know what, Lord, I, I need to invest it. And here's the big deal even if you don't need it just now, There are ligaments and legs around you that need you. There are people who need you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Let's just pray. You know, this morning, just before we close, maybe you're not part of this great community of the people of God. Maybe you haven't yet committed your life to Jesus Christ. Well, today is a day that you can come into the body of Christ. Today is a day that you can come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as we do. Believe that he's Lord, that he is God and he loves us. Believe that he's Jesus, that he became a man and lived among us. Believe that he's the Christ, the promised one who died to save the world and who rose again to give life to us. Today, if you're ready to believe in him, then you can take your place in the body of Christ. That you can be joined by one spirit into one body. So just before we close our service, maybe this morning, there's maybe one or two people here. And even as I've been talking today, you know that you need to get right with God. I'm just going to give an opportunity just now, before I close in prayer, if that's you you're saying, Pastor Dave, I, I know I need to get right with God today. And I just want you to do something very simple. I just want you to slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. You're saying, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for me. I'm going to seek to follow him and to live within his life, within his body. Is there anybody this morning, just as our heads about, just want to slip your hand up and say, Dave, that's me. So I look around. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Bless you. I'd love to pray with you afterwards. If you wanna come down, I've got a little booklet to give you. If it's not too much trouble just after service finished, just come down and see me down here and I'd love to give you this little booklet and pray with you. Just ask God to bless you. Father, we thank you that you've called us to belong. Thank you that you've pulled us together. Thank you that you are the head of the body and that you've joined us to you, Lord. Lord, we, uh, we just recognize, Lord, that it's such a privilege today to be your people. We thank you for one another. We thank you for joining us together in faith to be your, your followers, Lord. And we thank you, the Lord, that we can, Lord, grow together and, uh, Lord, serve you together. Lord, help us, Lord. Lord, just to live, Lord. Lord, and enjoy the benefit, Lord, of being part of the body of Christ. Help us, Lord, to do what you've called us to do and help us, Lord, to receive strength and to give strength to one another as we seek to be your people. So, Lord, I just bless my friends here today. Lord, I ask you to be with them this week. I ask you to watch over them. I ask you to go with them. Fathers, we can share lunch today for all those who are able to share, Father, with us. Lord, just, Lord, let us enjoy, Lord, your uh, presence among us, Lord, as we eat together. In Jesus' name, amen.